Our service doesn't end after we leave the military. The mission changes, but we still find the need to be of service. What's yours? Listen in as we talk to our guests about their military careers and life after the uniform in their second service. This podcast is sponsored by Fortis et Fidelis, a brand dedicated to honoring the brave and faithful. Make sure to check out fortis-fidelis.com and support the podcast by subscribing to the show and leaving us a five-star review on all the podcast platforms. Now, let's get to the show. What's going on, everyone? Raiden here. And we just want to let you all know that for the second year in a row, the Brave and Faithful podcast has been nominated by the Veteran Podcast Awards as one of the top best overall podcasts and the best Navy-hosted podcasts. Make sure you all go to veteranpodcastawards.com slash vote and vote for our podcast for the best overall and the best Navy-hosted podcast. Voting begins August 8th and ends September 18th. So again, head over to veteranpodcastawards.com slash vote and vote for the Brave and Faithful podcast for the best overall and the best Navy hosted podcast. Thank you all for your support. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful podcast. It's going to be your host, Raiden Benicio, and today I have a Marine veteran. Uh, he's currently the uh, short-term rental developer and manager at Sargon Investments, uh, Alex Jarbo. Alex, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate, appreciate you for taking the time. Um, you know, so I mentioned you're, you were a Marine. Can you just talk to us a little bit about you know, your service? Uh, you know, when did you serve for? What was your job? Things of that nature? Yeah, no. Uh, so I got out, uh, got out of high school, fresh out of high school. Um, I don't even think I had a summer ba- break when I was 18. Um, and then I went straight uh, into the Marine Corps, went straight to boot camp. Um, from there, I was trained as an 0311, um, just infantryman, uh, basic infantryman. And then from uh, from SOI, from School of Infantry, um, I, I was chosen to go to 8th and I. Um, so I was uh, I was a marcher at 8th and I for four years squad leader up there, made it up to sergeant, went to my advanced schools, um, was mainly part of the Marine Corps Honor Guard there, um, in charge of the Marine Corps 21 gun salute team towards the end there, which was really fun. Um, by the time I left, we had done probably like, I had done 350 funerals. Um, and then mainly most of our training happened. Any of our infantry training would happen in the winter um, when we weren't really doing all the marching stuff uh, at like Quantico, Virginia. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the high level stuff. I was an infantryman by trade, but I was chosen to go to eighth and I and do the, the honor guard stuff. Um, and then that's usually a two year duty station, but I was um, chosen as one of the squad leaders to stay there for the full enlistment. And then I ended up doing an extension as well. So you serve, you know, uh, one enlistment, um, what was kind of like your biggest factor and kind of, you know, uh, 
separating from from the military Yeah, no, I, I love that question. Um, I just felt like, so towards the end, my last year, um, I really, and I, I see a lot of veterans do this too. It's like, I really started to read up in different business practices and just different types of real estate, not real estate, different types of like, just overall business stuff, like what, what industries. Um, and I sort of landed on real estate and I, I was a part of a flipping mentorship where like, I would say last six months of the military. And um the person who was in charge of that mentorship was telling, um, I was sort of looking into him and seeing what, um, what he had put his money into outside of the flipping stuff. And I saw that a bulk of his money, when I asked him about long-term wealth, a bulk of his money was put into like vacation rentals and short-term rentals. And this was back in 2015. Yeah. 2015. Um, so I was really interested in that world. Um, that, that got me really interested in short-term rentals. Um, Yeah, that that's uh, I was just like it was it was a need to sort of I guess just do something else. Um I I had originally um went up to ANS which is like Marsoc selection and I made it through the special forces selection. I just didn't get selected. And that was one of the reasons why I actually separated was because I did I, that's the community I wanted to be a part of. Um and I could have gone to I guess the army side of the special forces, but yeah, I just got really interested in real estate um after that um and that's why i decided to separate uh, did you always uh you know, maybe before the marine corps did you always have that like in the back of your head like did you have any family that were was like in, into real estate investing or things like that? no i was a first i'm i'm first generation american um my, my parents are actually originally from iraq um they've lived here for like they've lived in the states for like 40 years now um okay. but yeah no it, it wasn't it was just something that um I had read, I, I read a lot and um, I had read a lot up on different types of real estate, whether it be self-storage, multifamily, um, single family houses, long-term, short-term, different type of stuff, hotel. Um, so, and I just, for some reason, the short-term rental stuff, I think it was the returns. The returns were, and they're a little bit lower now because everyone's sort of gotten into the space, um, but they're still way higher than most. Like if you're just going out and trying to purchase a single family house. The returns are still way higher than than that than like long term rentals and apartment investing. So uh, you know, you decided to separate from from the Marine Corps. Uh, you know, the question that I asked a lot of uh, the the guests, um, you know, transition right because it's different from every everybody. Um, how how was that from you for you? Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say the biggest thing and I tell my buddies this that are getting out too that did two enlistments and they decided to get out is like, I think the biggest thing, man, is like, yeah, it was definitely tough. And I didn't realize losing like, I guess, the support system of like your friends, how difficult that was going to be, especially because I, I moved. I didn't move back home. I moved back to a, I moved to a completely new city where where I do where I live now with my wife. Um, but I didn't realize how difficult that separation was going to be. Um, guys don't think about that. The first three to six months, you really don't care. Honestly, like I, I didn't really think about it too much, um, but it definitely wears on you, especially if you're, if you're in a new area, then you don't really know anyone. Um, but I, I would say I went to school. So I have my undergrad, my, my, my master, my MBA in real estate development, and then I'm, I'm finishing up a doctorate. Um, but I think school kept me busy um, when I got out and that helped with the transition a little bit. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier that you had, you know, read about real estate and specifically short-term rentals. Um, was it before or after, or after getting out? What kind of like, 
was there a point in time in where you kind of just told yourself, you know, I'm, I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to invest into this. Can you just share that moment with us? Yeah. So I, I had originally, um, I'd originally, so when I moved here, I got my real estate license and that was another thing that sort of kept me busy. I, I live in Asheville, North Carolina. So I got my North Carolina real estate license. Um, and what, what drew me to short-term rentals outside of me already moving here. And I, I knew I wanted to get into short-term rentals was I was helping people purchase and sell short-term rentals. And I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, so I guess that was the biggest thing was I was helping so many clients purchase, not so many, but I was, help, I was helping clients purchase and sell short-term rentals. And I was like, I just, I wanted to be able to do that myself, obviously, because I moved to the city for that. Um, but when, anytime I would like look at, um, like real estate prices, whether it be like, anytime I looked at a property, it was either way too expensive for my budget at the time, or it, it just wouldn't do well as a short-term rental. Um, and that, that's honestly why I got into the development of, of, of the short-term rentals, like building them like from scratch. And, and when you got into, you know, getting your real, real estate license, um, you know, helping others purchase their own short-term rentals or STRs, um, can you, can you describe any specific moments and times where you, you know, you kind of like there was obstacles that you kind of faced and how did you get past those, um, difficult moments? Yeah. The biggest thing was just understanding the financing piece of short-term rentals. And I just leaned on very, I, I leaned very heavily. So when I started building, um, I leaned very heavily on my GC that I had hired. Um, but also just people, same thing in the military, like you, 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 I, re I mean, if you don't do it, like I recommend leaning on the people in, in your unit to help you with whatever you're trying to accomplish, like making sure they've accomplished it too. So it was the same thing there. I was leaning on real estate agents in my office that had a, like more experience in short-term rentals than me. Um, and that, that sort of helped me um, sort of navigate that piece, especially on the financing and construction side um, between my GC and the, some of the real estate agents that helped me initially. Um, that, that was very helpful. Um, and then you said you got out in 2015. Is that, is that, is no, that right? 2017, 2015 20... I started to look at into real estate. Yeah. I got okay. In... So 2017, yeah, early, early 17. And then did you start, um, your real estate investing around the same year? Did yeah, you... no, it was, it was almost immediately. Um, okay. I was, I was an agent for about, took me about a month or two to get my license. Um, so we're looking at probably in the middle of 2017 is when I, when I purchased my first piece of land and really started developing. So seven, the mid, mid 17 to now. Um, and we've, we've practically tripled our business every year ever since then. And, and during that time, you know, about five years now, um, what would you say has kind of been like, you know, most rewarding experience or, or moment you, you had? Yeah, we, we build these very unique properties, man, and they can sleep anywhere between, depending on how, wh which property you're looking at, um, anywhere between four to 15 people, like our largest one can sleep 14 people. And um, just the most rewarding thing has just been some of the memories that we've created at these properties, um, like just like weddings and like family get togethers. And sometimes like we have general, like a, I remember specifically a gentleman that was, uh, like um, him and his wife used to come to the city um, all the time, like for like, I think it was like 40, 50 years is when they were coming to the city every single year. And it was like the first the first year that like his his wife had passed. So that was like the first year that he was coming to the city that mm -hmm. it was out his wife. And he like they decided to like stay at, like he decided to stay at our property. So that's what stuff like that. Um, it, it's just been it's been really rewarding. And then on the personal side, I mean, just 
just accomplish like accomplishing everything that my wife and I had set for ourselves just like on financially. I mean, we just purchased the, a beautiful house um, and like we're, we're essentially debt free. And I mean, I mean, we're not, we're not slowing down on any piece. So on the personal side, it's just been accomplishing all of our financial goals we set for ourselves. And then on the professional side, it's, um, it's just been seeing some of the experiences that we've created with, with our guests that have stayed with us. Yeah, I think that's, that's important, right? Like in any, you know, when, you know, when you have clients, it's like you create those, those moments and, you know, they, they come back and try to, you know, um, have more of those good moments. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and it builds on itself. So it's like, yeah, it probably takes the first, maybe two or three years of you owning the property or your business for like guests to come back. Some guests will come back every year. Um, but like, once you start building out that business, it's, it's really rewarding. Outside of the little issues that you have, like with like short-term rentals and hosting, I mean, those are pale in comparison to some of the cool things. Like just, I live in a vacation rental city, so it's just like a, a lot of people do travel here. Um, and it's just cool to see those experiences that are created at the properties. So, um, so Alex, what's kind of like next for you guys? Um, I read somewhere you guys, you all are building cabins. Yeah. Um, can you just describe maybe some of the 650 cabins in the next yeah. three years, right? Yeah. Can you kind of describe to us maybe like some future plans and things that you guys have uh, upcoming? Yeah. So we, um, I realized the best use of my time, man, um, is to, so, I mean, one turned, let me back up five years, five, six years, like one turned into two, two turned into four, four turned into eight. And then like this year we're developing right now we're working on 24. Um, but on top of that, we're also like, I like to purchase property. I, I like to purchase on top of building as well, but purchasing properties where I can build more properties on the land. Um, but I'm that user realized the best use of my time there for, I have capital partners that I work with and all this fun stuff. So it's like, for me, the best use of my time, there was no difference between looking at a one acre piece of property and building two cabins on it, or looking at a 50 acre parcel and building 30 cabins on it. So that's where we are is like, we're building these like micro resorts of anywhere between six to 30 cabins at the same time. Um, and they're themed in some way, whether it be a frames, whether it be tree houses, whether it be log cabins, whether it be like modern contemporary houses, barn style houses, um, tiny houses, all these different things. Each community has its own like theme. Um, so that's where I'm at. Um, it's like developing these anywhere between, I'd say, three to 15 million dollar uh, micro resort communities. And then we, we rent them out. So like I don't flip them. Um, uh, my partners are in it with me for 10 years. So we, we hold on to the project for 10 years, six to 10 years, depending on what the market looks like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, from what you're describing, definitely unique properties that you guys are, you guys are going after. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 650 cabins in three years, uh, you know, for maybe the listeners out there who are want to get started is like they, that's not even like on their mind right they don't even know if they can do that themselves like can you kind of give our you know for anybody that's aspiring to become real estate investors especially yeah. in the short-term rental space like where can they like what's one actionable step that they can take where can they start yeah so the biggest thing i say is like I, I do a lot of coaching as well. Uh, like I have a course and everything and I, I do a lot of coaching with different students. And the, one of the biggest rebuttals I get is like when a student would tell me this is not going to work in my area. And what I always say to that is that you want to, no matter where you live, there is a city or a place, more like a city or multiple cities that people in your area like to vacate, like 
people in your area vacation to for a weekend so like if you live in san like i'll I'll give you two extreme examples you have san diego uh, or you have california on one side and you have new york on the other side so like in new york if you look at new york city a lot of people it's normal for them to drive two three hours north for them to stay a weekend do a weekend trip up up in upstate new york in san diego california if you go if you go like an hour hour and a half you're in big bear lake so that's why i always tell students is when you're like if you feel like you're not in a vacation city think about where people like to vacation in your area um, for a weekend. So that's step one. Step two is to develop some sort of unique property because that that is going to do well no matter what. If you're if you're in a seasonal market where like it's more popular in the winter, it's more popular in the summer. Um, the unique property is going to rent well during your slow season. So that's going to be number two. Um, and when then you, when you say two, unique, when you say unique, just like different yeah, from say, just like a regular Insta- house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I say, Instagrammable property. So right now, what's doing really well. You want to so like a really quick way to honestly see what's unique in your area is just to hop over hop over to like VRBO and Airbnb and just see what the top properties are in your market and you'll get a feel for what's unique in your area. But right now what I see is like A-frames do really well. Log cabins yeah. are time, log log cabins are timeless in my opinion. Like log cabins can do well in almost every market outside of like desert markets. Um and so that's what I mean by unique. I, I like to say Instagrammable properties where the property itself is an experience outside of the city. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's like where I like to start. I, I started small, man. Like my first A-frame was like 800 square foot. Um, and our, our construction loan was like maybe 170, 150,000. And I forgot how much money I'd put down originally, but it wasn't that much. And it was borrowed from a friend that I eventually paid back. Um, so like, just to put it into perspective, our first cabin we built, I think I put like 20 grand out of my own money or I had, I had borrowed it. Um, I mean, you can borrow it like as, as a personal loan or whatever, but um, I think I'd put like 20,000 out of my own pocket. Um, again, you can borrow that from someone. And that cabin, after all bills are paid, makes me about 50,000 a year. Um, so it's like I, I doubled my money every year ever since then. Uh, and now it's like it's almost like having another salary job. Or like it's it's like having a salary job like that. That one cabin pays me fifty thousand a year. Wow. So that's that's the power in this type of stuff, man. Want to support an active duty owned brand? Head over to fortis-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com, and help us in honoring the brave and faithful service of our nation's defenders. All proceeds will help us create and provide memorial coins to the families of our fallen service members. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com and help Fortisette Fidelis in honoring the brave and faithful. What's going on everyone? Raiden here. And we just want to let y'all know that for the second year in a row, the Brave and Faithful Podcast has been nominated by the Veteran Podcast Awards as one of the top best overall podcasts and the best Navy hosted podcasts. Make sure y'all go to veteranpodcastawards.com slash vote and vote for our podcast for the best overall and the best Navy hosted podcast. Voting begins August 8th and ends September 18th. So again, head over to veteranpodcastawards.com slash vote and 
vote for the Brave and Faithful podcast for the best overall and the best Navy hosted podcast. Thank you all for your support. So, so just to go back and recap, so, you know, if people want out there want to get started in, you know, short-term rentals, uh, think about where people like to vacation to, maybe in your area, and, and trying to find some sort of unique property, um, Instagrammable properties. Is that right? Yeah, build, build or purchase. A really, a, a really cool way to get around the building piece, if that you're, like, afraid of that, is, like, purchase a property that you think can do relatively well on the short-term rental market that has some land attached to it, whether it be like an acre or two where you can build more properties on that extra acreage eventually. Okay. And when I say you build, like I recommend using a general contractor. I'm not out there building them myself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Because that's what you guys, um, speaking of uh, building for your, your company, Sargon Investments, that's what yeah. you guys do, right? You, you guys so, build these properties. So I'm, I'm the developer and then I hire GCs to, to okay. handle the, the day-to-day stuff. So the, the GCs like are technically like the project managers of the, of the cabins. Um, I'm the one who puts together the financing. I'm the one who puts together the investment money. I'm the one who de- designs the properties. And then I give the plans to a GC and I also find the land too. Like I go out with my agent um, or, I ha- I'm I'm licensed, but I have my own real estate agent as well because she does she's better at finding these types of deals than me, um, and uh, so I, I find the money or I find the the land I put together the deal, um, and then my GC takes care of the rest. Okay, and then you either um, you guys either keep the, the property or do you guys sell some of the properties? Yeah, we we keep all of them um, if we can. Well, I I've yet to sell a property. Um, they're they make they make too much money. It it makes more sense to hold on to them um, and benefit from some of the tax savings as well, some of the tax appreciation, all that fun stuff. But they cash flow very well to a point where that I don't you don't really need to if you if the investor needs their capital pack, we can refinance them out of the deal. Um, but outside of that, like the investors that I talk to understand, it's a, at least a six year, if not ten year hold. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you you know you mentioned earlier you know a lot of people know about short term rentals and a lot of people are you know investing more into that space. Um, what are some of the, I guess, other obstacles and maybe difficulties um, getting getting into that space? And do you feel like it's it's more profitable now than than it has been? I will say that. It, it, the, what makes it so difficult is if you're trying to f- go out and find these unique properties to purchase, like how I even did in 2017, you're going to run into people who are comfortable, especially right now with what's happening in the market, we're going through a market correction, is you're going to be competing with people that are just after capital preservation, where if they just make 5 to 10% on their money, they're happy, even less than that. They're so the, 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 for the listeners, what I feel like they're going to run into, what I have run into continually for the last like four years, five years, is the fact that you will run into people who are just trying to place their money outside of the stock market, outside of crypto. So that's why I feel like the development piece is, is, is the strategy to go towards or implement um, because not many people know that that's even an option or don't even know where to start when it comes to that. Yeah, I, I think uh, right now there's more passive, I guess, passive investors than, than active investors because there's really nothing 
passive about investing in real estate. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, there are ways to systematize it, um, like to a point where, I mean, nothing is truly passive, right? Even if you right. throw your money in the stock market, it's not truly passive. Um, so there there are like I, the the course um the course that i put together talks about how to systematize the whole business and that's what i talk to my, all my coaching students that's like once you get your first couple properties that's the goal is to systematize it yeah. your goal should not be talking to guests on a constant basis um find out how to automate your messaging automate find out how to automate your cleanings find out how to automate your reviews every single part of your business where you're only spending I probably spend two, two, three hours a day on the management piece or a day, two to three hours a week on the management piece of the business. Yeah. I think that's where, um, you know, building relationships and, and networking is important. Right. I mean, like having somebody like you, who's been in the space for a while and, and this very experienced, you know, connecting with you or, you know, maybe going in, you know, bigger pockets, going to the website and, and talking to other people who have, you know, are, are at where you want to be, you know? Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm happy you mentioned bigger pockets because I'm, I'm pretty active in that community. I'm a, I'm a writer for their short-term rental content. Um, so if, if, if anyone has any questions about anything, I'm, uh, this outside of LinkedIn, that's a pretty good place to reach out to me as well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking offline. Uh, can you just share with our audience uh, some, some things that we, have, we can look forward to with you and, uh, and bigger pockets? Yeah, so, I mean, I... I have, I write out, I try to push out an article once every two weeks with them. Um, I'm a, I, I do all their blog stuff. Um, I feel like at this point, I'm one of the main short-term rental writers. Um, I think there's maybe one or two other ones. Um, but I just talk about different topics, honestly. Like it's honestly, I write on stuff that I'm dealing with in my business. Um, say if like something happens in that week or that, that first couple weeks of the month, uh, that usually turns into a bigger pockets uh, post. So it's, it's all, it's everything short-term rental. Um, I haven't really talked too much on the development piece on bigger pockets yet, but that's that's gonna happen here real soon. Awesome, awesome, man. Um, so Alex, before we go into the second segment of our podcast here, what's one thing you want our our listeners to you know to take away from this episode? Yeah, so I just um, we were talking about this offline. Um, I just put together um, a short term rental development course, development and management course that's going to be launching here September fifteenth. Um, that's going to be on my, again, the website isn't live until September 15th. So if, if you're listening before that, um, I guess just reach out to me on bigger pockets, but it's going to be alexjarbo.com. So just my first last name, A-L-E-X-J-A-R-B-O.com. Uh, um, and then from there you can, uh, you can check out the course. I essentially created the course because no, nothing exists like this course for, for this topic. Um, it took me about six months to put together on and off. Um, but I essentially wanted to create the course that I wish I had when I started, um, because if, I feel like if I would have had this course when I started, it's like a, it's over 100 videos. It's everything that you need to know about development and managing for short term rentals. Um, I wish if I would have had this course, I probably would have saved like 100, 150 grand at this point if I would have known what I knew when I first started. Awesome. So for those interested, just make sure you guys check that out. His uh, Alex's short term rental uh, course alexjarbo.com yep all right so alex going into the second segment of our podcast here so this is what i call the fast five these are the yep. same five questions i asked all my guests so uh, first question here what's one hobby you enjoy yeah i'm a i was a magician i've been a magician for 20 years um it's been a really cool networking tool so i, I do that that keeps me fresh and like creative as well 
um, which sounds really weird, but I got into it when I was a, a kid, um, like seven, eight years old, and I, it stuck with me even through the Marine Corps. I bet you were kind of like uh, everybody was gathered around you. You were kind of yeah, like, <laughs> no, for sure, uh, officers and everything, man. It was, it was yeah, pretty funny, and I I continue with it to this day when I'm at real estate events, real estate networking events. I keep stuff on me, cards, coins, all that fun stuff. Uh, also, just reading you about your you're a Guinness World Record holder. Yeah, I guess that's a fun fact about me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you explain to us about that? Yeah, um, uh, it goes back to the magic stuff. Um, it's a, uh, I think it's the for everyone who are, for anyone who wants to beat it. Um, it's for uh, the farthest distance to roll a coin, and I forgot what it was, but I wanted something. I wanted to going like growing up, we always went through the like the Guinness World Record books and stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wanted a Guinness World Record that was either tying to coins or cards, like in in regards to magic. And that was just something that I found that I did. I'm looking that's, at it right now. I forgot when I did it. 2017, 18? I think 2018. Wow, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> have your name on there. <laughs> yeah, no, I have the I have the little thing on it. Uh, or I have the the cert and everything. Cert, so yeah. Frame. Yeah. Um. All right. So second question: If you had to choose one person to hang out with for one day, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. It's funny because a lot of those names I've already hung out with in the last couple of years, mainly in the real estate world. Man, that is a good question. Let me look at. Uh, do they have to be alive? They could be. Uh, they could be dead, alive. I would love to have hung out with John D. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller. Yeah. Most, yeah, definitely. That would have been. What, were, what was like? What's one question you'd ask him? Ah, uh, how do. Because I've read, I've read his bio, so I guess I've had a, I've had like a sneak peek into his mind. Um, so he get, he gave away most of his wealth at the yeah. end of his yeah. life, um, and he didn't, didn't really explain. So like our modern university system is built on so like, like the United States modern university system is built on most of his contributions and foundation and stuff and blah blah blah. Um, I would ask him on what he, cause they didn't really explain it in his book is like what, what the benefit to giving away all of his wealth was um, to universities. What was the benefit of giving his Yeah. Wealth? Yeah. Yeah. Cause he gave away, like by the time he passed away, I mean, I'm sure his family was taken care of, but he gave away most of his wealth by the time he passed. Okay. Um, next question here, Alex, recommend a book for our audience to read. Yeah. The one thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. The one thing it's very short but it's, it's a very it's one of the most impactful books i've read all right next question what's your favorite quote and why yeah uh the a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she's willing to have yeah is that like your own personal or no it's i think it's a tim ferris quote um but I'm, i've always been an introvert um in some aspects um and that, that's always helped me because that's that's true like a lot of times like the uncomfortable conversation that you don't want to have is the one that you're supposed to be having especially if, like when it comes to deals and stuff yeah and I, I think a lot of people like they avoid that because they don't want to feel like they don't know what they're talking yeah about. they don't want to be belittled or they yeah. feel like they're not enough or something or they don't know enough no you gotta yeah. you, you gotta that's that's your comfort zone like you yeah. need, like you need to get past that yeah for sure I think that's where you that's where you learn. That's where you learn the most. Yeah. So. You learn by messing up too. So <laughs> it's like don't, don't let that scare you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
All right, so where do you see yourself in five years or even 10 years from now? Yeah, I don't look beyond five, to be honest, um, because so much stuff has changed just in the last, like where I am now is not where I thought I was going to be at in a really good, in a really good way. Well, five years ago, um, in five years, um, I want to get into boots. Um, I'm already doing it now, but I want to get into boutique hotel resort development and purchasing. Um, we've already tried to purchase a couple of hotels, but the, the numbers just didn't make sense. Um, so the next five years, I want to, I still want to be doing the, the micro resort cabin communities, but on top of that, I want to do, um, like micro resort development uh, in like metro cities and stuff. So again, same same idea, unique properties where they're themed in a certain way. Um, it's just in the metro cities where you can have like 50 to 100 units um, all as a hotel. Nice, nice. Yeah. Anywhere uh, specific in mind or? Yeah, I grew up, definitely where I, definitely where I currently live, Asheville, North Carolina, I want to do one. Um, but uh, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan and I want to do something there eventually. But yeah. yeah, I feel like that's that's a city right there that could use something something like that. For sure. Um, all right, Alex, uh, man, again, I appreciate you for you know for taking the time here, sharing a little bit about your story, and you know teaching our audience here about you know short term rentals and 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 how they can get started. Uh, one final thing: where can they follow you? Where can they support you at? Yeah, so um, if you guys want to, um, again, alexjarbo.com, that's like where all my content is at too. So if you guys want to watch any of my previous interviews, um, that's my personal channel. Um, and you guys will see like a little orange uh, button uh, if you guys want to sign up for the course. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like that, that if I, I wish, wish I had that course, even if you, even if you don't end up developing your own property, um, that, that you'll learn so much on the, just the, the management side of short-term rentals. So that would that that would be where I would push everyone. It's just my personal website is alexjarbo.com. All right, everyone, uh, you guys heard it. Alexjarbo.com. Make sure you go uh, check out, follow, connect with with Alex. Um, you know, ask him the questions because he's been there, he's done that, um, and you know, you can always learn from those who've, who've uh, who are doing it right now. Um, Alex, again, I appreciate you for your time, man, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Awesome, appreciate you, brother. All right, take care. Hey everyone, Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And make sure you guys go check out our website, fortist-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortist-fidelis.com. And learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen. And make sure you guys go follow our social media on Facebook, FRTS, FDLS. Again, that's FRTS, FDLS. And on Instagram and Twitter at FRTS underscore FDLS. Again, that's FRTS underscore FDLS. And make sure you guys go subscribe, review, and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms. Till then, take care.